0: The following program was pre-recorded and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management.
1: Welcome to Him for Her Radio. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him Prison Ministries, and she's here to tell it like it is. Your host, Shug Burry. If you say
2: what you want to say This is Shug and I'm the host of Him for Her Radio, Women's Hot Topics, a place where your voice can be heard. You can find us online at hymnprismministries.org and post your challenges and victories. That's where these topics come from. They come from you women. I want this show to be yours, and I'll do my part by researching and bringing in the right people to discuss the hot topics. Today, ooh, we got a great program. I have met my guests through prison ministry and many, uh, and we've served many times together. And today's hot topic is Is there hope after all is stripped away? I have on the phone with me from Florida, Annie Goebel who's the Director of Programs and Special Events for Prison Fellowship Ministries. We have worked together in five different prisons. I don't know, you probably don't know that, Annie, but it will be five different prisons within the last 12 months throughout the United States. I've heard her testimony as well as her daughter, Judy Iceland, who's with us as well. Well, I can't wait for you ladies to hear today the hot topic. Is there hope after all is stripped away? So let me start first by asking the listeners, maybe some of you are in the middle of losing everything, your marriages, custody of your kids, loss of your job and income, and you feel alone and there's no hope. Annie and Judy, I would like to introduce you to our listeners. And listeners, this is Annie Goble and Judy Iceland. Say hello. Hello, hello. Hi, this is Annie from Southwest Florida. So happy to be here. Annie, I hope you're enjoying the weather. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Annie, would you do us a favor and share with us your earlier ministry of Daughters of Destiny, and how did you end up with Prison Fellowship Ministries?
1: Well, Daughters of Destiny was the first and only national prison ministry for women only. And um, I was honored to help put it together and lead it, uh, ministering in women's presence all across the country. And after doing that for about 10 years, um, I was approached by Prison Fellowship, who had a new CEO. Chuck Colson, you know, founded Prison Fellowship years ago, Mm -hmm. and then he passed away a couple years ago. And so the new CEO had come on board, and um, in his first year, he traveled around the country finding out what was going well with Prison Fellowship and what was a little weak. And he discovered that they weren't really reaching the women like he felt they should. Mm -hmm. And he kept hearing about Daughters of Destiny, this women's prison ministry. Well, just so happened that his chairman of the board went to my church in Southwest Florida. So they approached me and my husband, Mel, who also helped found Daughters of Destiny. Shout out to Mel.
2: Hey, Mel. Hello, Mel.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The brilliant visionary. Um, They approached us and um, offered us a deal of acquiring Daughters of Destiny, taking it up much higher into their organization, being able to reach women even better around the country as their women's program, with me on staff leading it until I retire. And so we prayed about it, and we really felt like that was God's will. So Daughters of Destiny became Women's Hope through Prison Fellowship.
2: Awesome, and that's awesome. where I am now and uh, Annie and I have had the privilege as well as Judy to serve together in mm-hmm. different women's prisons um and we're going we've got several coming up this year as well. so I'm looking forward to that. I miss you, Annie. Uh, let me get into one of the first questions I have for you is why prison ministry? I mean that's kind of an odd thing,
1: yeah, yeah, and yeah, it is, but I believe that you know i'm I'm actually a perfect example of ladies who end up in prison. As a young girl, uh, my childhood home was very dysfunctional. There was a lot of abuse, a lot of neglect. And because of that, I kind of was looking through through life through a lens of lies that were easy for me to believe because of the circumstances in my life. My father was a abusive alcoholic, oh. and he abused me and my sisters a lot when we were little mm. and so I always believed that um I was unloved, I was alone, and I had no value and he would get he would get violent when he drank and he'd pull out his gun, and he would uh, lock us in the closet to keep us quiet um, one time he came home and lined us all up, got us up in the middle of the night with his um 45 loaded, mm. and asked us to give him reasons why why we shouldn't all just leave right now. Oh, my the goodness. The world was even worth yeah. staying And So it was very terrifying. And so at a very young age, I took off and left that home to be my own authority and felt that I could do a better job than my parents were. And in the midst of all that, um, my mom did sneak us off to church. Hmm. But to me, the Jesus I heard about in churches never left the church, never came home with me. So I was on my own as far as I was concerned. And so I I went out the window one night when my dad threatened us, and I ended up living on the streets, on and off the streets in in Texas for several years, in and out of juvenile halls, arrested in and out of jails, and um, just running, running, running. Oh, my goodness. When did you finally quit running, Annie? Well, one night um, I got picked up by a man who who his plan was to take me to the woods and kill me. And God were you hitchhiking,
2: biggest, or how did he get a hold of you?
1: I was I was hitchhiking, and which was the way that kids, you know, the way we traveled, you spare change for food, you hitchhiked for rides. I mean, it was pretty, pretty normal. And I always thought that I could handle myself. I always thought that I'd know what to do Mm -hmm. if a crazy came at me. But, but I got to tell you, I was frozen in fear that night and I couldn't move. And I would have been killed if God hadn't intervened and police lights came on and the car was pulled over and the man got out to talk to the policeman and I was able to slip down in the darkness out of the vehicle into the woods and I ran and I ran and I ran and I decided at that time I needed to have a better plan of how to take care of myself and so I went home and when I got home I found out I was pregnant Mm. And my mom, being the the good little Christian mom that she was, she had me put into an unwed mother's home, eventually. And um, and when I gave birth to my only little boy that I ever had, he was placed into adoption. And back then, of course, all records were sealed. Yeah, so you never you never were to ever find out what happened. Oh, to Oh, I child. can't
2: imagine how painful that would be. Uh, if you're just tuning in, you are tuning in to him for her radio women's hot topics. And you are listening to the Hot Topic today of Is There Hope After All Is Stripped Away? We have Annie Goebel on the line with us from Florida, who's with Prison Fellowship Ministries, as well as her daughter in studio with me, Uh, and her name is Judy Iceland. And um, so you had just kind of finished off there about how they had just taken your child. I'm sure at that point you felt like you had nothing. About how old were you at this time, Annie? I was 16, and at that oh time goodness. I became
1: my own adult, And wow. but I continued to make choices based on, on um, basically feeling like I had nothing and I had no hope, and I, I spiraled further and further down into the bottom of my pit until mm-hmm. one night I realized I had become a statistic. I had no education. I was living with a drug dealer. Um, everybody who had known me probably thought I was dead. And I was at the bottom of my pit. And it was that night in the Black Hills of South Dakota that I went out under the stars. And I remembered that Jesus that I'd met as a little girl. And I cried out to him and asked him to save me.
2: Mm. Oh, my gosh, that's just so powerful. And so you had asked Jesus out in the sky, out in the open, to save you. I just find that so impactful. Listeners, if you're listening, it doesn't take much. Jesus is just waiting for us to turn toward him and to say yes to him. What happened next, Danny?
1: Well, I was surprised at how he saved me, but... um... He saved me by an indictment coming out from my arrest. I was going to adult prison for mm. the first time of my life. And, and a lot of the, a lot of people in prison feel that way. They feel that if they hadn't been caught, that they would probably be dead. Yes. The hard part was I, I had, in the meantime, before I actually went into prison, I gave birth to Judy, mm-hmm. my daughter sitting there in the studio with, studio with you. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I went into prison, I had to hand her off. And that was that was the hardest day of my life to see my little girl on the other side of those iron bars as they slammed shut, and she was crying, "Mommy, mommy," and mm-hmm. she had a confused look on her face. And I didn't, I didn't realize, I didn't realize, you know, that that, that this was going to be the consequence of my choices,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that that I would hurt my children so much, and I was so worried that that. Um, that they would they wouldn't you know that they wouldn't have a good life that, yeah. that they wouldn't have opportunities because their mom was in prison and also their dad
2: was in prison too so both mom and dad are in prison you feel like everything yeah. is stripped away you've lost your yeah. son you gave him up um, when you when you gave birth to him and then your daughter was taken to you uh, from prison I have seen uh, just the remnants of that and the pain that women experience inside a prison as they have to let go and release their children as they've given birth to them I'm so sorry Annie I believe you probably felt like there was nothing left in your life.
1: Yeah, I did. And I had also found out before I, I went into prison that I was pregnant with Judy's little sister. And according to the plan, I was going to have to hand her off at birth and um, try to get her back when I got out. Mm. So that was that was uh, devastating as well.
2: Did you have to give
1: birth to her in prison? I didn't. What happened was I wrote a heartfelt letter to the judge and begged him to allow me to be released early, and he did. Awesome. And and at this to- time, I was following Jesus now, and I was asking him, you know, to save me and to help me to restore my family. Oh, my. And and I believe he answered that prayer, and he allowed me to come home and, and serve three years probation instead of the the year, which was the maximum. Sure. Um, and so I was able to get home with my little Judy and my Kathy oh, my. and my Older daughter that that had that's a different story, but that I Mm -hmm. I finally got her back as well.
2: Awesome. And so it was me and my little women. Did anyone come around you when you were released from prison?
1: Well, they did. Um, I I remembered how important it was that my mom had, in the midst of the chaos of our childhood, that she had gotten us into church and that that positive teaching had stuck with me all these years. So I ran to a church with my little girls, and, and a group of women in the church right outside their dad's prison where we went to church wrapped their arms around me mm. and mentored me. And I believe to this day it was because of their love and their encouragement. They taught me how to be a good mom, a godly mom, and I began teaching my daughters in the Word, training them in the Word, and I got the Word wow. in me. Yeah, and amen. I began to, I began to have hope, and yes. I began... I began to realize that, that there is hope mm-hmm. after all is stripped away when you have Jesus. And he just He just kept leading me to where I finally was able to even get an education. Wow. And believe it or not, miraculously become a high school teacher before
2: he called me to go back and speak in a prison. Look at where God took you. He took you from the middle of nowhere, almost being killed, to now you've got an education and, and you're being a teacher. Um, if you're just tuning uh, in, this is him for her. Radio. Thank you, Women's Hot Topics. And the hot topic for today is: Is there hope when everything is stripped away? So you saw God's um, hand working in your uh, life. I just want to ask your daughter a couple questions, if I can, Judy. Judy, Mm. how have you been impacted by your parents' choice to bring Christ into your life? Because your mom just said she taught you guys about Jesus.
0: Absolutely. Well, you know, I think I think the greatest impact that it's had on my life, of course, has been breaking that cycle of the lies of the devil, of not being valued, of not having, of not being loved, you know, of not being worth anything. Um, my mother found that unconditional understanding and love through her relationship with Christ. And from the moment that she found that, there was not a moment spent that she didn't teach that to me and mm-hmm. to my sisters. Um, and because of that, I've been blessed with being able to live my life, knowing how to see that, that need in others and share it with them. Um, to this day, it's something that I walk with every step I take. Mm-hmm. I, I keep that the, that um, understanding of Christ's love with every person that I meet. And your dad got out of prison as well, is that correct? And he did. And he did, this, he did the very same thing. Um, he's an amazing example of someone. He actually ran the local homeless shelter for 10 years of my life growing wow. up. And so I was raised face to face with people who were so caught in the devil's lies, so caught in um, in their hurt and their pain that you know it's amazing to see how little it takes Mm -hmm. to break through that Hmm. when you understand the love of Christ, how little it takes to to, go, to shine into the darkness of someone's life. So your dad
2: is a believer too? As well, yeah. And he would share, he and Annie both shared with you the importance of Christ in Absolutely, life. absolutely. I love that. Uh, uh, what do you use as an adult that you learned from an example of your parents?
0: I would say the power of prayer has mm-hmm. been one of the greatest things that, I've, that they've taught me growing up. You know, knowing that um, whatever comes my way in life, that I can reach out to Christ, that I can call to him, and that I have that depth of wisdom and understanding to reach out to. And it's right there. Like you said before, it's right there for us to take mm-hmm. waiting for us. You know, um, one of my favorite Bible verses that I like to look to Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. for, I know the plans I have for you says the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans for hope and plans for a future. I love it. And, yeah, and we just we just have to remember it's right there waiting for us. He's got it all set out for us, Amen. and we just have to take it.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, in prison I see this often that a mom will be sitting next to their daughter or, you know, I, I've got three kids, and all three kids are in prison with three different dads, et cetera. It's mm-hmm. a generational epidemic. Wouldn't you agree, Annie, as we watch people – uh, become uh, re-offenders. You know, they were raised in it. It was their life. You guys have made a difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, I, have to I would say... agree. I, I've spoke with many
1: young women in prison who, who,
2: who said to me, I always knew I'd be here.
1: Yeah. Mm. And mm-hmm.
2: that's sad because of of the way they were raised is that what they meant? Yeah. 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 Yeah, they they just knew that that their
1: their grandma had gone to prison, their mom was in prison, their dad, their brother, it was their future. And I love that that's broken on my girls. None of mm-hmm. n- none of them ever for a second thought that they would end up in prison.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Or that we were unloved or didn't have value or worth in the world. You know, I've never had a day in my life go by And, you know, when we were when we were very young, I didn't even realize the fight that my mother had every day to provide for us and to make sure that we were supported and loved Mm -hmm. in the way that we deserved and that she was instilling that sense of value into us. Um, You know, as a story that I like to tell sometimes um, that it was almost embarrassing at first when when it dawned on me. But um, just a few years ago, I was riding with some friends and I was telling them a story about my childhood and. And I was remembering our house that we were in our little town home, mm-hmm. and it was two bedrooms. So it was me, my younger sister, and then our older teenage sister, three girls. And as I'm visualizing the home, all of a sudden it dawned on me: where did my mom have a bed at? Hmm. Wait a second, my my mother didn't even have a bedroom. All those years that we lived there, just down the road from where my dad was at prison, where she was making sure that we were in his life every day, that uh, that her girls knew their father, mm-hmm. and that since he wanted to be in our lives, we were going to be in his life. Um, and that every morning she, she got up before we were up and cleaned up the couch and made sure it looked like a normal couch. <laughs> and so we came downstairs to breakfast waiting and had no idea our mom wasn't sleeping in a bed. You know, and, and through those years, we didn't always have the most, you know, the nicest things or the mm-hmm. most toys under the tree at Christmas, you know, um, the most gifts. But we had the gift of unconditional love of Jesus Christ, and that's something that outshines any monetary valued item I could have gotten in my
1: life wow. growing up.
2: Way to go, Annie. Way to go, Ooh. Annie. That's awesome. But <laughs> <Go mom. laughs>
1: I, th- I love it. <laughs> what I think is really, really cool is that, that here I am now working for Prison Fellowship, and way back then— their program Angel Tree was blessing my daughters yeah. with mm-hmm. gifts, yeah, because their dad was in prison, and and it's like it's like the circle, it's like it's like the, you know, now here I am able to reach out and help yeah. people. We were being blessed. That actually, helped me, and and now we get to do it for others.
2: And God doesn't yeah. waste mm-hmm. a thing. I mean, you know, He says, <laughs> "Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer." From Romans twelve. I love that. And, you know, you guys were patient, and and I can't even imagine, Judy, what it would have been like to have both a mom and a dad in prison. Annie, my heart breaks for you that you had to give up your kids and everything was stripped away. So, Annie, let me ask you this question. Um, How did you see God's hand working in your life?
1: Well, there's, I tell you what, God loves to surprise us, (laughs) and <laughs> over the years, he did, has done so many amazing things. First of all, just getting me to college to get an education. Yeah. I dropped out of high school mm. at like 16, and I was skipping most of the time before that. And somehow he got me to college and got my education. And then beyond my wildest dreams, 38 years after I gave birth to that little boy, I met him for the first time.
2: Wow. Mm-hmm. The boy that you lost, that you never got to meet. They yeah. just took him
1: yeah and it was I mean it was a divine, divine appointment. There was no way I could have ever planned it. Mm-hmm. A young woman that was actually um that her children played with my children uh outside the prison, and I shared my testimony one day, and she said, she said, Annie, you know, I don't know if this will help, but I actually used to work in San Antonio, Texas, which is where I placed him into adoption. Um, And the Department of Social Services, let me make some calls and see if I can find out whatever Mm. happened to that unwed mother's home you were in. Got
2: appointment. Got appointment alert. Yeah. So a couple weeks later, she gets back
1: to me and she says, you know, Annie, I'm really sorry. She said, I found out that that unwed mother's home closed down years ago and all the records are are lost. She said, but I got this one name with this one phone number of a lady who might know something else if you want to call her. So I said, "Well, thank you." And and I didn't think that much of it. And then finally I called her. And when I when when she picked up the phone and I told her who I was and I was curious to find out about my son, she said, "Annie, I know where your son is." She oh, said, "Hallelujah." The lady. She said, "I was the lady who carried your newborn son." from the nursery wow. and placed him into the, the, the arms of his family.
2: Oh my goodness. That just gives me chills. Oh my goodness. Judy and Annie, as we wrap up, I want to ask you, um, you know, with the topic today, is there hope after all is stripped away? What mm-hmm. hope can you give to the listeners that are listening? Judy. You know, I would say that the hope
0: that I would give to women out there is to not sell yourself short for the, the value that you have in life for the way that you deserve to be loved, Mm -hmm. the relationships that you have in life. You deserve to be loved the way that Christ loves us unconditionally. Mm -hmm. And if you're not receiving that, then you need to find the church. You need to find the fellowship and maybe the man in your life
2: that's going to do that for you. Well, and we all know that big man in the skies, Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ. Amen. And so, Judy, you have a saying that I haven't heard you say yet. What is it? What is it? Break the cycle. Break the cycle, cycle. people. (laughs) You know, this is a generational (laughs) thing. Break the cycle. Annie, we just have a few seconds left. What would you like to share? I'd like to
1: share that my life is an example of just how how stripped you can be, how, how much everything can be broken and lost in your life. And then through the power of Jesus Christ, of following him, just mm-hmm. in faith, not even knowing what's going to happen,
2: your life can be restored, transformed, and beautiful. You know, and it all happened when you stood out there in that night and asked Jesus That's- to come into your life. Mm-hmm. If you're listening for the first time, this is him for her radio, Women's Hot Topics. And we are with Annie Goebel and Judy Iceland, And we're talking about About, is there hope after all is stripped away? In conclusion, I just want to share with you listeners there is hope. Stop living a life where you're running, 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 as Annie had said. Stop for a moment, look up to the skies, and say, Jesus, I need you in my life. Ladies, the prayer is simple, and He's just waiting for us to turn to Him. Jesus, I need you in my life. Forgive me for my past. My rebellion, and I invite you to lead me for the rest of my days. I believe that you died and rose for my sins. Because in Romans 10, 9, it says, if you confess with your lips, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you are saved. It's right. as simple as that. And I just love the generational impact that each of us can have. If you're living in that life of Everything is circling back around, back around. I'm living the same life my mom did. My dad did a life of drugs, a life of difficulty, a life of abuse. The cycle can stop here in Jesus Christ. Would you please thank my guests, Judy Iceland And Annie Goble, everybody, I can hear you clapping in the background. And I ask again that you go to himprisonministries.org, that you donate, that you help us buy Bibles, that you help us walk with people in the darkest reaches of the world. Please be generous. Don't hold back so that we can go out together in the name of Jesus Christ. Until next time, ladies, my name is Shug Over and out. See you next time.